Hello, I'm Aaron Lopez, and welcome to another edition of Market Sense with Tom Wall, Chief Investment Officer for Transamerica Asset Management. Hello, Tom. Hi, Aaron. Tom, it's almost impossible to turn on the news or scroll through your social media feed without seeing headlines about inflation these days. Consumers around the world are dealing with rates of price increases not seen in more than 40 years. This has certainly impacted investment portfolios and can be a source of angst for people as they fill their gas tanks, roam the supermarket. From a retirement plan investor's point of view, what are some of the most important things to keep in mind? Yes, great question, Aaron, and one that is most appropriate for this current market environment. As you mentioned, inflation is touching right at or near four-decade highs. The most recent Consumer Price Index, or or CPI report, for the month of August posted a headline year-over-year increase of 8.3%, which, while down a bit from June and July, was still at a level on par with the early months of 1982. And core inflation, which excludes food and energy prices, came in at 6.3% also prior to this past year, a level not seen since 1982. So I think when facing these levels of inflation, there are a few important perspectives for plan participants and long-term investors to keep top of mind. And they begin with history and what can be some of the best approaches to beating inflation in your portfolio over the longer term. Over the past century, Going all the way back to the summer of 1922, inflation, as defined by the CPI measure we just mentioned, has averaged just under 3% annual, 2.9% to be exact. And over the past 50 years, since the summer of 1972, it has averaged right at 4%. This includes that hyperinflationary period of the 1970s, 1980s, when the 10-year rolling average for annualized inflation hit 8.8% for that decade of time ending in 1982. Aaron, if you take the compounded annualized total return for stocks during that same time frame, as defined by the S&P 500, for the 50 and 100 years ending this past August, you get, and this is actually pretty incredible, almost identical annualized total returns for both those time frames of 10.5% and 10.4%. So over the past 50 years, stocks in the S&P 500 have beat inflation by about 6.5% annualized, and over the past full century has beat it by about 7.5% annualized. So that is sort of your ultimate argument for riding out inflation storms over one's lifetime. Okay, I see. Definitely an argument for taking a long-term view, Tom. I also hear the term peak inflation mentioned quite a bit these days. How does that fit into the mix? I'm glad you mentioned that, Aaron, because at some point in time, inflation rates will peak and start to move downward, perhaps not in terms of the prices themselves, but their rate of upward change. When that precisely will be is, of course, a subject of great debate right now. I happen to believe that the core rate of inflation could fall from the 6.3% level we just referenced to perhaps about the 4% range as the Fed's interest rates take effect, the job market softens and global supply chain bottlenecks ease a bit, perhaps by sometime in the first half of 2023. But regardless of when inflation rates do begin to head south, history generally shows stocks doing extremely well during that trend. 
And going back to the last hyperinflationary cycle, CPI peaked in February of 1980 at a year-over-year rate of 14.8%, though it did remain persistently above historical averages for about three more years before falling below 4% in early 1983. But Aaron, following that inflationary peak in 1980, the S&P 500 went on to post an annualized total return of better than 17% from March 1980 to March 1990. Now, obviously, back then, there were a lot of other factors driving the market too: a strong economic expansion, declining interest rates, big technology innovations, but still, falling rates of inflation played a big role. So the takeaway here, in my view, is that while attempting to time the precise peak of an inflationary cycle may ultimately be a futile challenge in and of itself, history tells us there is upside when and shortly after that peak does occur. That's a fascinating historical account, Tom. Now I want to touch on the interest rate environment, which has been directly impacted by inflation over the past year, and what that might mean for retirement investors as well. Yes. Well, in terms of combating inflation to get the economy back on a path toward lower rates of price increases, the Federal Reserve has had no choice over the past several months but to raise short-term interest rates. And this has also had an impact on the markets as higher interest rates can not only affect the borrowing expense, credit profile, and profitability of individual companies, but are also viewed in terms of opportunity costs as to how much investors are willing to pay for stocks as higher interest rates from government and corporate bonds are now available to them. In practical terms, due to the higher short-term interest rates and expected further rate hikes coming from the Fed between now and year-end and potentially into 2023, we are now looking at dramatically higher yields available to investors from both U.S. Treasury and corporate bonds. Aaron, to give you a quick example, just over a year ago around this time, as of September 30th, 2021, the five-year U.S. Treasury bond was yielding less than 1%, and your average five-year investment-grade corporate bond was yielding less than 2%. Fast forward to the present, and the five-year U.S. Treasury bond is yielding about four times what it was a year ago, and your average investment-grade corporate bond about three times higher than a year ago. Now, again, higher expected interest rates necessary to fight inflation over the year ahead, and the threat of a recession has played a role in these higher yields. So investors need to consider that, as well as making sure bond maturities don't exceed their time horizons. But nonetheless, this certainly makes fixed income opportunities a lot more attractive than where they were a year ago, in my judgment. Tom, this brings up an interesting point for retirement investors. And then many of them might be following a longer term asset allocation strategy of being growth oriented early and more income oriented late. Could these rising bond yields you just mentioned play an important role in that strategy? Yes, it's kind of funny, Aaron. When I initially got into the business back in the 1980s and retirement investing was first really taking off from both an availability and educational standpoint, you heard a lot of talk that retirement investors should own mostly stocks for growth and capital appreciation in their 20s, 30s, and early 40s, then lightening up somewhat on equities and allocating toward bonds in their late 40s and 50s, and then retire in their 60s on those nice 7, 8, 9% government bond yields for income for the rest of their lives. The only problem with that, pl with that plan back then being 
the first half of that premise played out pretty well, but the second half, not so much. In recent years, the asset allocation for investors, and particularly those with retirement goals, have not been too favorable for bonds in comparison to, to stocks. Between the global financial crisis, the Great Recession in 2008, 2009, its aftermath, and then the COVID-19-induced economic shock in 2020, both of which required a combined level of super accommodative monetary policy from the Fed for the better part of a decade, as in suppressed interest rates basically not coming up for air until earlier this year. But now, with U.S. Treasury bonds exceeding 4%, investment-grade bonds in the 5 to 6% range, and high-yield bonds north of 8%, these income opportunities have, in my opinion, become very meaningful very fast. And if inflation does come down in the next year, and a prolonged and severe recession is avoided, as opposed to a somewhat moderate one, as we think could very well be the case, then these existing bond yields could prove to be quite opportunistic. So, Tom, if I'm following you here, the rising rates we have been recently seeing in the U.S. Treasury and corporate bond markets, largely due to recent inflation, could help investors to beat inflation over the long term. They lock in those rates now and combine them with stocks. Do I have that right? Yes, you do, Aaron. It's a bit of a balancing act between the two asset classes, stocks and bonds, but there is an old saying, be prudent, but take what the market gives you. And I think the market, in large part because of inflation, could be giving retirement plan participants something here. And that is the opportunity to build some of those combined equity fixed income portfolios, providing both an opportunity for long-term growth and capital appreciation from stocks and higher yields from bonds. It's been a long time, well more than a decade, since Treasury and corporate bonds have yielded anything close to where they are now. The 10-year U.S. Treasury yield is now close to 4%. During the height of COVID in 2020, it was at 0.5%. And this new and higher rate can compound into more dollars over time to complement the long-term opportunities of stocks, especially after inflation begins to subside. So in other words, balanced portfolio strategies are becoming a lot more balanced. Perhaps not immediately due to the best of reasons, but ultimately, I think it will prove to be beneficial, particularly for retirement investors. Tom, this has really been a lot of great information, both in terms of historical background, current perspectives. I just have one more question. I'm sure a lot of plan participants are really feeling the pinch on inflation right now, as is just about everyone. And in their budgeting, they might be thinking about what to do with their retirement plan contributions. The first thought for many might be to cut them back to make room for higher expenses. But given everything you've talked about these past few minutes, can you see reasons why they might want to actually consider increasing their plan contributions? Well, of course, Aaron, I'm not in the personal finance or financial planning business, so I'm reticent to give any specific individual advice. But taking a step back, if an investor wants to beat inflation over the long haul, maximizing opportunities within a tax-deferred retirement plan can certainly be a way to potentially accomplish that. In addition, pertaining to the longer-term stock and bond opportunities we just mentioned, the tax advantages of building the right allocation and adjusting it over the years in a retirement plan can be beneficial. The interest income on bonds, the dividend payments on stocks, 
the capital gains on stocks when shifting them into bonds over the years, all of that not being taxed until you withdraw funds from your plan after retirement and potentially at a lower tax rate. That speaks directly to higher after-tax returns and more after-tax dollars down the road, which of course directly calculates into a higher probability of beating inflation over the long term and by higher magnitude. And if your retirement plan offers an employer match, that's another factor increasing after-tax returns and increasing your odds of beating inflation. So I think maximizing plan contributions from a mathematical standpoint as a means to beat inflation in your portfolio over the long term, certainly could make a good bit of sense. Well, Tom, this has definitely been another great discussion. One I think our audience will really appreciate. Thanks for joining us today, and I look forward to our next conversation. Absolutely. Thank you, Aaron. All investing involves risk, and past performance is no guarantee of future results. This material is prepared for general distribution and is being provided for informational purposes only. If you need advice regarding your particular investment needs, contact your financial professional. Transamerica Asset Management Incorporated is an affiliate of Transamerica Retirement Solutions, LLC. 244-1975. Copyright 2022. Transamerica Corporation.